Millennium Home is a space where we can all engage about self-love, self-worth, relationships, trauma and healing. I hope that you enjoy your stay and I am your host, Tando. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Honey, I'm Home. This episode is a continuation from the conversation I was having with Linda when we were speaking about burnout and how you can recognize when you are experiencing burnout. In that conversation, we touched a little bit about what we expose ourselves to in terms of the food that we consume and the relationship that we have with food. I also had a conversation earlier in the year about body positivity and so drawing from those episodes and those conversations I have Tipang today and we will be talking about the relationship that we have with food and I hope this will find you at the time that it needs to find you because we have built this relationship around food that is detrimental to our well-being and our self-esteem and I wish we find the common ground and we go back to the basis and use food as our source of energy and our source of nourishment as opposed to a reward system. So it's going to be an insightful conversation because Tepang is qualified to speak on the topic today so we will be speaking and delving much much deeper into body positivity and how we can use food to enhance the relationship that we have with our body don't forget that we're still in november so we're still doing men's mental health but i feel like these episodes in between are very helpful also seeing that we are towards the end of the year so you can set better goals next year for where you want your life to go and the relationship you want to have again with yourself and the people around you hey tabang how are you hey tando i'm really good and thank you for having me here today I'm excited to have you today. I think it's a conversation that we normally shy away from because we don't think that the relationship we have with food ultimately is significant enough to impact the quality of our lives. And I want to bring attention to the fact that how we treat our bodies is how our bodies are going to treat us. So I'm really glad that you are around to give us insights, especially from a point of... um, your qualification so can you tell people about who you are and how you came to be where you are right now and also having the insights that you have mm-hmm. all right so my name is Tepang Tepang Boy I am from Pretoria originally but I've spent most of my life in Joburg and spent four years in Cape Town when I was studying at UCT and so after I finished studying at UCT I went and I did a health coaching course a health coach training program with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition which is based in New York and that's where I you know gained the skills that I have to be able to coach people um, in the area of holistic health Um, but personally I really had a passion for health and wellness because of my own experience um, with dieting and, you know, trying to lose weight and doing that whole thing. And it, it taught me that like health and weight are mutually exclusive, which is definitely not the narrative that, that is being shared in society on social media. And it really just probed me to think more deeply and more critically about like, what is health? And so that opened up my mind to holistic well-being, you know, with health being more than about just like your body, but also about your mind and your emotions and your spirit. And I went through 
a journey with having to learn how to be more emotionally and mentally well because I experienced anxiety and depression and had to heal through that and it just opened my eyes to the fact that this is way more you know it's a it's a much more complex and nuanced thing than we know it to be and so I was doing a commerce degree and I really thought it was late for me in terms of being able to venture into this field because I, mm. I thought that I was ancient and that there was no chance for me to, to pivot. But I did end up really just following my gut, my intuition and doing these studies. And yeah. throughout the course, there was one module that stood out the most to me. And it was about, you know, eating disorders and eating like your relationship with food. And that really stood out to me because I have a deep passion for being able to empower women. And um, through my own personal experience, I learned that body image issues and, you know, obsession with healthy eating and dieting is something that really traps women from being able to, you know, live good lives and have good self-esteem, you know. So I realized from that experience with going through that model and how it just lit me up that this is the specific field that I need to be focusing on with my coaching clients you've covered so much already in that minute and I and I appreciate that because now obviously we have a lot more to talk about but where I want to start because you you obviously were saying that you ventured into nutrition because of your own personal experience and I think it's so important when people are connected to their passion because of their experience and and that's what I'm I'm getting from you but I want to know when exactly did you start becoming conscious of what you put in your body and also I just want to put it out there when I when I talk about what you put in your body I am also speaking a lot on just the holistic wellness of things so not only just the food that you consume but also what kind of messages do you um, expose yourself to, the environment that you expose yourself to? But ultimately, for this episode, we are going to be speaking mainly about what we consume orally. But I would also like to add that there are many, many other ways to look at holistic wellness. Um, as Sepang has already mentioned, like your emotions and your mental well-being, and you can combat that using food. So when did you become conscious about what you feed your body and how has that decision to better take care of your body change your life Mm. Uh, so I think that it really started for me much earlier than I actually realized I had that realization kind of more recently just taking myself back to when I was you know a preteen, like 11 12 that's when that health consciousness really started to sink in for me but it started from a perspective of you know being a you know, chubbier child and being starting to gain that consciousness around my weights and my body and realizing that food was something that I could use to, you know, kind of like control my body. Um, But on the flip side, I did also have a genuine interest in being healthy, but it was still from that point of like health and weight being, you know, kind of like conflated with one another. Um, So that was when it started for me. And then it just kind of snowballed and evolved as I got older um, particularly in towards the end of high school I was at a girls school in Joburg and the focus on body was massive like (laughs) it was a big part of my life and you know that's when like the focus on what I was eating became a more prevalent part of my life yes desire and pursuit towards health through like exercising and all of that stuff became more prevalent but it wasn't in a healthy way 
Um, and if I had continued on that track, I most certainly would have developed an eating disorder and that I had yeah. people around me who just helped keep me in check. Um, but then the, I guess the climax of all of this really is when I got to university and mm. that's when the whole weight loss thing started. But like I keep saying, the whole health thing was also really important to me. So not just weight loss, but also just genuinely wanting to become healthier. Um, and so I went on that journey of learning about nutrition, obviously for the purpose of weight loss, but also just for the purpose of making myself a healthier individual. And the more I, you know, spend time on that journey, the more I spend time researching and educating myself, the more I kind of realize that, whoa, like I'm really passionate about this. And yes. Even though it was initially about losing weight, I did actually start to reap really good benefits like health-wise from changing the way that I was eating. The only drawback was that I was obviously like restricting my calories and stuff, but I was eating healthier. And so I started noticing that my energy was so much more, like I had so much more energy and I just felt so good. Like I'd never felt that way. And I just realized the power of nutrition Um you know, through that experience. Yeah, I can definitely relate when you were speaking about how you went to an all-girls school and how that changes how you feel about yourself. And also, even the messages that are not verbally communicated, they are out there and everyone knows the social cues. And so you're always aware of other women and their body and their types. And that's why I, I shy away from the idea of having body goals because you, you don't know how that other person feels about their own body. And also it's putting too much pressure on someone who you don't know anything about to become this face of your body goals or like body positivity. And you were speaking a lot about obviously building that community for women. So how did you cultivate an environment that is also conscious of your well-being? Because also we need to understand that in as much as it's a journey of your own, the people that you surround yourself with and the environment that you're in does directly impact how well you do in changing from the beliefs that you had to where you are now. So how did you cultivate that environment? I had a friend who was on like basically the exact same journey as I was on and we would just talk about this stuff all the time. So like in hindsight, I definitely know that we were not like super mentally healthy because we definitely were obsessed with like healthy eating and yeah. working out and stuff. But she was really like my partner experience. But more so, I mean, like I'm very much um, a quote unquote like loner. So like the whole... Yeah aspect of physical community was not really a thing for me but online definitely there's a big sense of like being able to feed yourself with content of like-minded people so I think in terms of community I definitely was there like online um, yeah. of being able to engage with people even if not directly but just by through you know seeing the content and having people engage with my content um, having that sense of like community and basically like rewiring my brain um, to align with my new way of living, uh, yeah. definitely being able to expose myself to like other people on social media was a good thing in that sense, but also a bad thing in the sense that there's a lot of disordered eating on the internet and social media and you just have to have a lot of discernment to be able to make that work for you properly. 
Yeah, and how does that affect your career? Because I assume you work with a lot of people. So how does you being an introvert and a loner affect how you approach people's problems and how you work with people? Or do you feel as though since you are the one who's in charge of people and your clients, it works a lot better for you because you are in control? Mm, so definitely like in a coaching session with a client I wouldn't go so far as to say that I'm in control because it really is just about what the client presents to me and where the conversation goes but when you're doing a coaching program they teach you about something called scope of practice and so it means understanding your limits as a service provider so if somebody has like really deep issues that are maybe just too energetically dense for me and that I sense this person could really benefit from speaking to a psychologist I'll tell them that and make it very clear that I'm not able to to sort through this with you and you should probably speak to a psychologist and we'll deal with what is appropriate for us to deal with in this space so definitely being mindful of my my scope of practice and my personal energy is very um important Um, but I'm just trying to remember your question. Would you mind repeating? Oh, no, I was just asking if your personality does affect how you are able to show up in your job, essentially. Um, and you've, you've answered it. So um, that's all good. I, I think my next my next point of departure, I just would like to speak a lot about how we are raised um, from like the different backgrounds, because I think we build relationships with food from a very young age I know for me for a very large part of my of my teenage years I used food as a reward because growing up you would be told if you do this then you will get your chocolate Um, and so I started looking at food as either bad or good depending on how my parents looked at food so how can we become more conscious of the things that we say to children or around children from just a social point of view, not necessarily um, a psychological point of view, just how we are around food at food, um, not food gatherings, like at family gatherings, or how we view food in terms of just nourishment and not necessarily like a reward system. Where can we start and what is the best practice that we can implement to ensure that kids grow up with a healthier relationship with food? Mm, I think like... Obviously, children require like a slightly different approach, you know, in in how you engage with issues, but fundamentally, like the principles are the same. So in as much as in as much as, you know, to make sure that you have as minimal as possible a relationship with food as a reward system, you would want to not tell yourself that when you achieve X, Y, Z, you're going to you know, eat that chocolate or that ice cream, you know, you'd create that similar system with your child, if you have a child. And I was listening to, I've been listening to this book, Intuitive Eating, the fourth edition, where they actually have a whole chapter dedicated to how do you raise intuitive eaters. And one of the things that they spoke about with regards to this, like for like a case study, for example, a child comes home, from school and while they're eating while they're like 
sitting trying to delay doing the homework let's say they view homework as you know a doom and gloom <laughs> kind of situation which are, yeah. is true for a lot of kids then they sit in the t- they sit in front of the tv when they get home and while they are watching the television delaying or procrastinating their homework they're snacking right so it kind of like creates that association of like um boredom being associated with eating or like delaying something that you don't want to do being associated with eating. So what they spoke about in that particular case study is try to like cut that circuit with your child that when they get home, that they might spend their time doing something else just to like unwind from school before they get to doing their homework and not put like eating in that environment, you know, and let the encourage the child to eat when they are actually hungry Um, So like have like snacks that you have for the kid when they come home to eat when they're hungry and not just like encourage um, that continuous emotional eating. Um, And another thing that comes to mind is as well as, you know, if you are a super health conscious parent, be mindful of not imposing diet rules upon your child because that also has a way of creating emotional eating um, or creating like a sort of binge eating pattern in the child so as much like what you do to yourself will transmit to your child so if you're able to let go of food rules and have a you know give yourself permission to eat all different kinds of foods and also give your child that permission and trust that that you both and your child are going to get all of the nutrients that you need in a way that's not restrictive and that's still supportive to your health right uh i just would like to add there was a book that i read um that explores the japanese culture and why they live so long and the fundamentals were that they spend a lot of their time whilst eating around the table. So they dish up and they go to the table. Everyone is at the table. They're laughing. They're speaking about their days. And also now the food, the, the culture around food is we are sharing. Um, there's a lot of love around the table. So it's not I'm bored or I'm anxious, I'm stressed. Um, there's this good energy around food and they grow most of their vegetables. So that's also like the physical activity of growing the food and also seeing the food go from the garden to your plate creates a much better view of the food itself and also just eating until you're full um, and not eating because you want to finish your entire plate. And I think that's also one thing that I had to unlearn because you would get dished up for and you were expected to finish all the food that was on your plate. So teaching children that you should eat until you're full, put it in the fridge, you can eat it the next day is fine and not threatening kids to I don't know like um discipline them in in a certain way because they didn't finish food or telling them that other children are without food just creating that culture around eating until you're full and also just appreciating food sitting around the table eating for 30 minutes chewing your food properly um so I think that for me has really changed my life and how I view food and just involving my parents in it involving my family because it's not something that you can do alone it's something that really takes a lot of mental strength but there was also a conversation I had about body positivity and I just want to know what your honest take is on the people who are used as the face of body positivity movements because sometimes I do see that the people who are essentially accepted by societal norms are usually used as 
the face of body positivity and i think that has such a negative view on what the movement can actually do because the movement is meant to spread positivity around how we view our body and also encourage for us to have healthier relationships with our bodies but the images that we're constantly fed with are the opposite of what the movement is trying to achieve so i just want to know from your perspective what is your take on body positivity movements so I used to like engage a lot more with body positivity. I think when I was more at the start of my body image healing journey, and now I've kind of like moved away from that because I've sort of shifted my content away from bodies. Like I try not to really like look at content that's really focused on bodies, but I have been listening to like podcasts that have been speaking about this and also from what I remember um you know with the pictures and the bodies that used to be that I used to see I definitely do agree with you in that you know the bodies that are often at the forefront of this body positivity are you know similar to the quote-unquote normal weight um, and body standard that we view as the that the as the ideal in society, but it's just that maybe their their size is a little bit bigger. So we might mm. see people who you know have an hourglass body figure, have curves in the quote unquote right places, you know, bigger boobs, yeah. bigger bums, smaller waist, kind of a thing. And also, there's a thing about like race as well. There's not a lot of like race representation, mm-hmm. um, which is also quite damaging, because it's really important to see ourselves represented in, you know, the content that we're consuming. So yes. I think that, you know, body positivity has good intentions. And I'm not gonna try to speak as though I, I know the origins of body positivity. I don't. But it's it's kind of like falling short in the sense of, you know, like we're talking about the representation and being able to account for the actual discrimination that people who don't fit though that type of body actually face on a day-to-day. Um, it doesn't really from and I'm from my experience and from the experiences of other people who I've listened to speaking about this, it doesn't really give voice to the people who really are the most marginalized in society because of how their bodies look. Um, And another thing that I think is important for somebody who does want to do this body image healing work is to also consider that, you know, with body positivity, there is still a focus on the body. And, you know, I guess the for me when I think of body liberation and like freedom from body image issues is to be able to not be so preoccupied with my body like full stop and you know body positivity is great for somebody who is more like at the beginning stages of their healing journey and needs to see this different representation and celebration of you know bodies that aren't perfectly fitting the norm but the more you do the work you kind of realize that you need to now move away from being so fixated on how your body looks. So those are my thoughts. Yeah, those are my thoughts in relation to to that. And I appreciate you sharing openly because these sessions obviously require you to stand by your perspective, but also be open to hearing what other people say and also just changing and adapting when new information is presented. Um, You've been speaking a lot about body healing and I just want to know where can I start with healing the, the ways in which I've been viewing my body, the relationship that I have with my body, what would be the first point of reference that I would need to implement 
and how can I go from that to maybe perhaps where you are and how much work would need to go in there just give me like an overview please of the journey and what it would look like so I definitely think of like body image healing as kind of like a lifelong journey simply because we live in this culture that is not supportive of accepting your body so every day you kind of need to make the decision that um I'm just going to be at peace with the way that I am. But for somebody who's like right at the beginning, I'll speak from like my personal experience and also how I like to help people through this is first, you've got to change your mindset. Like all of this is mindset work and the initial steps of that is to decondition yourself from diet culture, weight stigma, and a, a big place where we see that in, you know, today is social media because we spend a lot of time on social media. So that's a lot of where our ideas and beliefs and values get shaped. So if you find yourself engaging with content that is very um, weight stigmatizing, that's very focused on like, eat this so that you can lose weight or drink this tea so that you can have a flat tummy, like if you want to heal your body image, that stuff needs to go. So you need to unfollow those accounts like very fast. Mm -hmm. And you know, you can refeed your your um, feed with more positive accounts. So you can kind of like do a little bit of like research on hashtags that you can put into Instagram to find more uh, celebrative and body acceptancy kind of content. And some that come to mind right now are like hashtag intuitive eating official, not just intuitive eating because you might find some stuff that's not actually true to what intuitive eating is, but hashtag intuitive eating official, hashtag body liberation, hashtag um, intuitive eating village, hashtag anti-diets, hashtag non-diet. Those are good hashtags that will expose you to content by people who are really deep in this work and who truly understand what these concepts mean. So they're not going to give you a warped understanding of, let's say, for example, intuitive eating. You'll get a thorough understanding of what it means and it will point you to more resources like podcasts, books that you can listen to, to educate yourself on, you know, like, the culture that we live in, the society that we live in and how it's led us to have the issues that we have with our body. Um, so that's a really important first step. Just refeed your content and unlearn the diet culture and learn that weight stigma. And then from yeah. there, you know, I guess I can't prescribe like how long the journey is going to be. But um, for me, things that helped me along with the unlearning and the relearning was um, reading a book called Fat is a Feminist Issue written by a psychotherapist. And she helped women in a group setting to be able to recover from compulsive eating and body image struggles and all of the history family history etc that actually led them to get there um and some of the exercises that she recommends in that book i'll share with you now for example one of the exercises was mirror work so you'll look in front of a mirror and you'll just stand in the mirror and the, the point of this exercise is really just to be able to let go of the shame that you feel around certain parts of your body and get to a point of having neutrality. So being able to look at your body without having all of that judgment popping up. And if you do experience that judgment popping up, being able to hold space for that judgment and not let it influence how you feel and think about yourself. So mirror work is a really great thing to do when you're ready. It, it, it is 
quite triggering at the start. So do do it when you feel that you have the courage and will be able to give yourself the space to process everything that comes up for you. And as you do the mirror work, it'll also help you to notice the thoughts that pop up around certain parts of your body. And then with the thoughts piece, it becomes then important to start practicing positive self-talk. So uh, when we have body image issues and hatred around specific parts of our bodies, we often have a lot of negative self-talk around that. And the negative self-talk pretty much just keeps you in that body shame and body hates so it's also a thing of trying to rewire your brain to create positive thoughts relating to your body and having that like loving discipline that when negative thoughts pop up you can stop them and turn them around so I would I'd give those as two things and then lastly I would say do some journaling like I think journaling is amazing and you know, just write about like how you feel about your body. You can do this even before you start doing the mirror work and paying attention to your thoughts, but just write about it, like write about, you know, what events in the past, what did people say about my body or what have I seen on social media, TV that's influenced the way that I feel about my body and write about that and just be, you know, just be vulnerable with yourself. That can sometimes be a bit difficult, but really give yourself that opportunity to open up because you do need to process those feelings in order to just be able to move through them. Yeah. Um, And I guess what I am getting from all of this is slow down and, and listen to your body, listen to yourself. So do it when you're ready, journal so that it's on paper and you are able to go back to it. And whenever you think of something evaluate if this is the kind of thought obviously that you would like to keep around and I was thinking about the book The Alchemist and there's a quote that says the universe is conspiring in your favor and how I how how I feel about that is whatever it is that you are constantly producing into the universe the universe is going to direct that back at you so you don't want to always be initiating the negative self-talk because you will be presented with opportunities where a lot of the self the negative self-talk can be um present so whenever you are ready and when you act ready the universe will also give you people and resources that can help you through your relationship i know with me i i've always been very health conscious so i've always been the person to go to the gym i've always been conscious of what i eat um and obviously my sleep as well. And this year, the relationship I have with my body, I think is at the healthiest only because I took the steps to make sure that I have a trainer who can push me every single week. I make sure that my parents know what I do consume and what I don't consume so that when we are in the household, no one is forcing me to eat ABCD and no one is calling me a spoiled brat because I'm choosing not to eat certain types of food. And so being in positions where the environment also caters to your needs is super, super important in that journey of healing your body image. But I I assume because you are conscious of what you consume, you would then be conscious about your sleep hygiene and your sleep quality. So how do you prioritize your sleep um, quality over your sleep quantity? And do you practice sleep hygiene? And if you do, can you take us through what exactly your sleep hygiene routine looks like and if people want to implement that I guess then they would be able to have the steps to implement those into their lives 
Okay, so I'll give like some general tips and then I guess I can walk you through my sleep routine. Okay, Um, that's cool. so some general tips would be to try to keep a consistent sleep schedule, um, go to sleep roughly at the same time and wake up roughly at the same time every day. And that includes weekends. Like you generally don't want to disrupt your sleep schedule by w- sleeping super late on the weekend and waking up super late if you wake up early during the week. Um Another thing is just be conscious of like your use of electronics in like the half an hour, hour leading up to bed, Um, but more generally just like light. So try to limit your exposure to your cell phone, um, to TV screens or your laptop, and also the lights in your house, just because um, taking the light down stimulates your sleep hormones, which will help you to get to bed. And I calm down those hormones that keep you alert and active during the day. Um, so those are t- like just two general tips that I can give. And my sleep routine has changed quite drastically since like last year. Firstly, I'm not so like obsessive about being perfect with my sleep. I think yeah. that you know, part of, you know, this whole wellness culture can be that you become pretty obsessive about everything. And at yeah. one point I was, but I'm not like so obsessed anymore. And my priorities have definitely like changed since last year in the sense that my spiritual life is my top priority and then my health comes second and it used to be like the other way. So for me, I have a routine of like waking up every night to pray like around 11 30 so that does obviously make things quite different in sleep but how I um how I compensate for that is just by getting a lot of sleep like I make sure that I sleep at like 9 30 or sometimes even 8 30 if I'm really tired and then I'll wake up at like 11 30 until 12 30 and then go back to sleep and then I'll wake up like between seven and eight so cumulatively I still get like a good eight hours of sleep which I need to because that break in your sleep does affect the sleep quality so I do need to like compensate for it a little bit but if you don't have anything going on like that um the tips that I gave you at the beginning will definitely help and then in terms of being a morning person or a night person honestly I don't know there's like conflicting um talk out there about the hours that you sleep but from a an expert who I like to listen to on the topic of like female hormonal well-being um she recommends that to keep their hormones in balance try to go to sleep latest 10 o'clock because otherwise you're just going to imbalance your hormones by going to sleep really late so that's another thing that you can try out and see how it works for you yeah and whilst we're still on the topic of women i just wanted to put it out there that as women we need to be kinder to ourselves i think the switch clicked in my head when I realized that hormones play such a big role in how your body looks and your body is preparing to carry a baby and therefore you will change, you will gain weight in some parts of your body and you need to be so much kinder to yourself. It doesn't help if you are already hard on yourself because then you won't be able to kind of make the right decisions towards health so your body will change constantly so every month you might look different and you just need to just know the normal um, baseline and when you are at your healthiest and how you can always return to that but before we close off I just want to know from your end 
what role do you wish to fulfill in in the space that you in to how people look at food differently to implement holistic wellness in their lives and how they can go out into into nature and find healing resources outside because i know we speak a lot on therapy but plants can be your your healer and plants can heal a lot of the emotions that you're experiencing and and the problems that you have with your body so what role do you wish to fulfill in in this space yeah so i mean my biggest focus like i spoke about earlier is about really just empowering women and that has looked a little bit different within like the past year year and a half but my focus now and what i think continually will be to do this work around body image because I think you said something earlier about how our relationship with food isn't something that generally speaking we think of as like really important and having problems in that area like we don't think it's as important to deal with those problems but I I think that you know I think the opposite I think that it is actually a really big thing and for me I view issues in your relationship with food as a symptom of the underlying problem which is what society tells us about how we need to look as women and how how we look being linked with our value so fundamentally that's what i'm really trying to work through and raise awareness about how like help people to actually see how you know, um, social justice issues like weight stigma, fat phobia are actually affecting us on a much deeper level than we um, maybe realize and that we have some work to do in that respect. And once we start from the root cause level, then we'll start to see changes in not only our relationship with food, but also in our mental health. Um, So that's really, really the biggest thing that I'm trying to do um, so I have narrowed down quite a lot in terms of how I want to impact, you know, the impact that I want to create in the holistic health space. Um, but speaking to your points about like, you know, nature and all of that, like going outside has so many benefits for our health, like holistically, like just spending time in the sun can improve your mood um, because of the vitamin D that we get from the sun that is so important, like for our health, for our immune system, for our mental well-being. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about how being divorced from nature, you know, in this kind of like modernized world where we spend most of our time indoors is, you know, negatively impacting us because we're not able to like tap into the healing power of nature. Mm-hmm. And that sounds pretty woo woo, but you know, there's science to like back it up. I just don't have it like at the tip of my tongue. So if you want to do a bit of research into that and explore that for yourself, I definitely encourage it. Um, yeah. That's very true. I've noticed, and I say this all the time, I probably say it on all my episodes, is that on days where I wake up, when my alarm goes off, open my curtains, drink my water, go outside for a little bit, my days are a lot better. My emotions are more stable than when I choose to stay in bed the entire day. So making that first step in the morning to actually get some sun. And I know somebody advised me to do it before 10 because that's when the sun rays are a little less harsh than 
after 10 a.m. So before 10 a.m., just sit outside in the sun for a couple of minutes and then you can go back and do whatever it is that you need to do. And also, I think the the cheat code to life is starting your days early. So start your days and get into the routine. Unless obviously you have other commitments during the day, but starting the routine with the sun and then ending it again with the sunset, that for me has really, really worked. Um, And it, it also allows your body clock to just be in check. I sometimes don't even need my alarm to wake up because my body clock is just so on point. But before I close off, do you have any last words, any words of encouragement and also maybe mention where people can find you, your social media profiles and how you would like for people to reach out to you? Mm-hmm. So what comes to mind as I listen to you ask that question is that firstly, obviously be kind and compassionate to yourself. I think that there's a lot of like perfectionism and always striving to be better, but yeah. that can kind of like take us away from the present moment and take us away from like embracing the people who we are right now, you know, cause that's, um, that's important, you know? Um, and then in your pursuit of health and wellness, I would definitely encourage people to be gentle and not to listen to everything that you hear on the internet and social media, um, because not all of that is like actual legitimate expert advice and uh, um, comparing ourselves to what other people are doing, how other people are exercising, how other people are eating, can really spark some dangerous behaviors that will be bad for you on a physical and mental level. So be gentle with yourself. Uh, um, Don't try to be extreme with anything as you are, you know, working on yourself, working on your health. So I think that goes for personal development as well as like your health and fitness. Um, And then in terms of where people can find me, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at I am Tepang Bowe, just my first name and my surname with I am in front of it. And then you can also check out my website where I talk more about my coaching clients and where it will basically be like the home for all of my content as well. And where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. Um, And that is tepangboe.co. So not .com, just .co. Um, And yeah, I have a lot of exciting things that I'm starting like literally in this period right now. So I'm launching a Facebook group very soon and that will be a great space for people who want to do this work to, you know, have access to me as well as other women just for like supports and have that community that we spoke about earlier in the episode um, and have resources that I might not necessarily share on my social media and stuff like that. And then if you are curious about coaching, you can just go to the link in my Instagram bio and apply for a 30 minute complimentary discovery call and we can chat and see, you know, how we can work together. That sounds really good. So what I will do, I will put the links in the description so that people can just navigate easier from there and then people can reach out to you. I'll also post it on my Instagram and on my Twitter. So thank you so, so much for spending this time with me. I I wish we can have a group of women around one table and just speak about our experiences, but I'll let you know more about that. Um, In the meantime, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. And if you made it this far, you already know what I'm going to say. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you coming back. If this was your first episode, I hope it was enough to encourage you to stay around because we're doing a lot of work on ourselves. We are 
working on our well-being on our mental health and the relationships that we have with ourselves and other people so that ultimately we could be better people and have a better experience in life and so if you have any questions please do direct them either to myself or Tepang. we will answer our dms when we get the time to and at a time that is convenient for both of us also do navigate to Tepang's website you will find everything on her website if you do have any other questions in relate in relation to coaching but for now this is where i will end the episode really really fun to just speak about things that we sometimes just put at the back because it's not as openly spoken about in in our households and and so i really hope you also enjoyed the episode please do give me a five star rating and do leave me a review because i am interested in hearing what you guys have to say about the episodes and what you would like for me to speak about also if you would like to feature send me an email my email link is in my bio as well and we can speak further about the feature thank you so much for your time and i hope you have a great one goodbye